Welcome to Star Trek Comic Book Review. Our several-year mission will be to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. We will be reviewing every Star Trek comic book ever published. These stories have been released by Gold Key, Marvel, DC, Malibu, Wildstorm, Tokyo Press, IDW, and others. Star Trek and all that the Star Trek universe contains is copyrighted by CBS Studios, Inc. Hello and welcome to Star Trek Comic Book Review with Donovan and Ken and special guest star, Chris. This is episode 248, recorded October 2nd, 2016. Hello, Chris. Welcome. Greetings and felicitations. <laughs> Great. Great. <laughs> So, yeah, you, you're, you've come on board just in time for us to do uh, Star Trek meets Legion of Superheroes. I am honored. I've been so, listening to you guys for a little while, and uh, I like, I, like I told you guys before, it's a little surreal to actually be able to talk to you and get responses back for once. But uh... Yeah, cool. Very good. <laughs> yeah, so, so when you're correcting us then and saying, no, you got that totally wrong. No, no. I'm always going, yes, yes, you guys are on point. Awesome. <laughs> oh, we like you. <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have to have you back more often, Chris. Yes. So it, it's funny because Chris used to, uh, he would write every once in a while saying that he was listening, which is always a plus because it's always nice to know that somebody's actually listening. Always welcome. And, and then uh, the other day he wrote and he was like, oh, I forgot the episode number, but he was like, it's the best one you've ever done. And I'm like, oh, wow. And I looked, I looked it up, and it was the uh, episode where we just talked about Star Trek Beyond and the, uh, the trailer for Discovery. Oh. <laughs> so the best episode we've done had nothing to do with Star Trek comics. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't even deny it. Well, hey, no. it was nice to, see, to hear you guys talk off topic, you know, just... Uh... Uh, oh, just shooting the, the, the tar back and forth, uh, you know? <laughs> exactly. Right. On very exciting topics, I mean. Oh, for sure. Yeah. The, the, the oh, new movie was really started. exciting, and then the, the new TV series, which is very much still an unknown. Very exciting. Oh, don't, don't even get me started. We, we'll, we'll go a whole hour on that. <laughs> <laughs> I really hate that they keep pushing the, the release date for Discovery oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, you know, well, I was upset also at first, but if if they're going to do it to take their time and do it right, yeah, then sure. take all the time you want. Because honestly, look, we're already, come. it's October, and we don't even know who's in the cast. Right. Yeah, and we don't even know if the ship that we saw is even going to remotely look like the one that's going to be in the final product. So, well, yeah. <clears throat> still Fuller said it won't. Fuller right. said that it it's going to look different. Which is good, because yeah. I really can't stand that Delta secondary hull. But let's not get into that. <laughs> we'll, we'll never get to the comics. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So, today we're doing uh, Star Trek's first foray into the DC comic universe. We've, we've seen Star Trek meet up with the X-Men, and then now they're meeting with the Legion of Superheroes. And later they met up with Green Lantern, Green which Lantern. we've already covered. Right. But this was their first foray into DC comic continuity, even though DC did publish their books for many, many years. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's kind of it's kind of like a, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of Legion of Superheroes, but it was 
you know, kind of gratifying to, because I always wanted Star Trek to cross over with the DCU when I was a kid. And uh, I don't know why it took me so long to actually get around to reading these books because they should have been right up my alley. Right. It's an odd choice, though, for for the first crossover with DC. They are kind of the goofiest comic they could have gone with. I, I felt the same. I, I, honestly, when I saw the cover, I was like, I told you guys, I was like, why? Of all the things. <laughs> but perhaps because it's in the future? Yeah. Right, but they're but the like far much future. further in the future. So for, for them, the Federation and stuff would be in the past if it was the same universe. Right. Right. So it, it's an odd choice. And, and I think they do a good job with the story. I've, I've enjoyed the issues, but... Uh, I don't know. I, I still kind of wish it was more, you know, what I think of as my DC universe with the Superman, Batman, Green Lantern and things and not uh, mm-hmm. not these characters that I just didn't follow that much when I was a kid. Right. And then even more so when you find out their names, it's like, <laughs> OK, so they, they got the superhero outfits. They got the spandex going. That's all fine. Whatever. But then you find out what their names are. <laughs> Cosmic Boy. Um. <laughs> Lightning, Lightning Lad, Shadow Saturn. Lass, Saturn Girl. It's like, so when they actually came out, were they in, well, you said they came out in the 50s or something? Were, yeah, 50s, 60s. Okay, so were they really going for a younger audience then? Right. It, it, was, it was aimed directly towards kids. Um, okay, okay. It was, uh, you know, they already had Superman as an established character. They, mm-hmm. they, you know, they created a Superboy as Superman when he was young. But I think they didn't really know what to do with it because how could you have Superman and Superboy in the same continuity at the same time? Mm-hmm. So right. they, they created this future superheroes and they actually brought in Superboy from the past into the, the Legion. And uh, it was really aimed towards the, the younger audiences. So mm-hmm. they had all kinds of crazy characters and they always had boy or girl or something like that at the end so there was like bouncing boy who could turn himself into a little ball not a little ball he was a huge ball but uh <laughs> oh, that's better <laughs> uh, there then there was a... like matter eating lad who could just eat anything that was his power you know things like that wow there was a there was an animated series uh maybe i want to say five ten years ago did you guys ever yeah 2006 legion of superheroes had an animated tv series with uh where they brought in uh, they brought in a superboy but it was during the time when DC couldn't use the they couldn't use the term superboy because of some legal battles so even oh. though he was like a teenage superboy superman <laughs> they had to call him superman young superman in, uh, in the show oh really because uh, <laughs> because of that legal lego mumbo jumbo that was going on at the time that was a pretty cool show, though. It had a nice little twist. After the first season, he goes back. Superman goes back home, and uh, season two, he's already an adult, and everybody's an adult. It jumps. I want to say maybe five, ten years, and uh, the Legion needs him again. But uh, help me here, Donovan. Was it a clone they make of Superman or something? Well, I don't think it was a clone. I think it was a Superman from their future, which was which was a clone, and he was made out of kryptonite. So he was like right. a, there we go. There we go. kryptonite Superman from the future, which was a boy, and then the Superman <laughs> from the past, and they had to kind of team up, and they... they uh, yes. Right, they, so you had the two Supermen together. Wait a minute, but how could they be together if one of the Supermen is made of kryptonite? 
he wasn't really made of kryptonite. He's like when he got really angry, you could like, <laughs> see like these veins and stuff pop out, and it would be. Kryptonite. His eyes were green. He had the green kryptonite eyes. Yeah, it, it was a good okay. show. I, I really so, liked it. And it only lasted two years, and then they canceled it because they weren't selling enough toys or something stupid like that. If oh, he wow. if he was made of kryptonite, obviously that couldn't be his Achilles heel. So did he have an Achilles heel? I don't remember. I don't remember. It's, I don't it came okay. out in 2006. It's been a while. And they and they won't release season two on DVD for some reason. I have season one, but uh, they haven't released two yet. <laughs> so okay. if you're listening to this, Warner Brothers, we need season two. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I seem to recall season two ending in a horrible cliffhanger. Mm. I don't remember now off the top of my head what it was, but... Okay. But regardless, well, uh, <laughs> yeah. Legion of Superheroes has been around a long time. They, they've had guest spots in Smallville. There's been episodes of uh, Justice League Unlimited that had them in it. Uh, there is even a little nod to them in the new Supergirl series. So they've been around a long time, and they're usually always somehow affiliated with, with Superman. Hmm. Except for today, when they're going to be affiliated with the star trek and this is a william shatner era star trek even though he looks much younger than shatner oh, i think they all do. in the draw right and it's prime universe as opposed to the lantern one which was uh in the kelvin universe well it wasn't really kelvin because wasn't it well it, it well, was chris pine but it couldn't have been in the same continuity oh uh, look, look let's Green let's lantern? not get off on that <laughs> okay. We'll never get to these comics. Okay. Sorry. All right, we'll talk about that. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, sorry for putting a white a wet blanket on things, but <laughs> All right. So yeah, so today we're going to do issue 1, 2, and 3 of the, the Star Trek uh, Legion of Superheroes and then we'll do uh, 4, 5, and 6 tomorrow. Right. Not tomorrow, so, next week. Right. Six-parter. Um and there's plenty of story here. So it's very interesting. There, and you have to... I really feel like they go deep in the whale as far as uh, dredging up you know, storylines from both universes that uh, you don't have to really know what's going on in order to follow the story, but if you do know what they're talking about, it really adds to it. So I think right. they did a good job of peppering in things from both universes without it being like, you really you should have already known this and yeah. uh, or or taking a lot of time to explain it. Just... They're going to go with it. You either know what they're talking about or you don't, but it, but it's not going to really hinder the story. Right. And, and well typically, typically when they're talking about these different stories that have happened in the past and characters, they tend to not drone on about it for three or four pages. So they're usually pretty quick about bringing people up to speed on things. Right. Yeah. Like I said, I think they did a good job with this, this storyline. Maybe even better than like the Doctor Who one, which they kind of did a lot of, you know, explaining who all these people are, which, you know, because if you didn't know the Trek people, you didn't know the Doctor Who people. Let's let's do a whole episode or a whole issue explaining their backstories right. here. It's all just like you're going with it. Right. And a lot of times they'll explain who some of these people are, like in a two page spread or something or you know, get it over with quick and move on. Right. The art in that Doctor Who comic was just awful. I just... just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Donovan! He doesn't, he doesn't like your watercolors. I your love it. Oh, God, it's so bad. I, <laughs> just, I was just trying to just focus Swish. on the word. 
Swish. Oh, the, 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 the fourth Doctor parts are great. I love that. With the Shatner? Where, yeah, when they, when uh, when they when he flashes back and it's the uh, the sure. fourth Doctor with uh, yeah Tom, with the original yeah. series. Tom Those Baker. parts were beautiful. I loved it. I was like, ah, yes, I could get into this now. And then we were back with Pickard and <laughs> uh. and Eleven. It's like, oh, but the story was good. I didn't have a problem with the story. The story was nice. <laughs> uh, anyway, well, I'm glad. I, I, I thanks for uh, bringing that up. But uh, that, <laughs> that has always been a, a, a sticking point for Ken and I because uh, we have vastly different opinions on on that artwork. Yes, uh, on those watercolor uh, art things. Yeah, I, I, I'm no. a big fan. Okay. All right. Shall we start with number one? Yeah, let's do it. Excellent. Okay, I get to do number one. This one's from October of 2011. The writer is Chris Robertson. Pencils by Jeff Moy. Inks by Philip Moy. Colors Romulo Ferrardo Jr. Letterer Robbie Robbins. Editor Chris Rial. A lot of covers here. Uh, First issue often has a lot of them, and they have quite a few. Cover A presents Kirk seated at the con with his bridge crew arrayed around him. Above and behind them is the Legion of Superheroes from the Pex Up. Behind (laughs) and above them is the Earth, Starfleet logo, and Legion of Superheroes logo. Cover B shows a very square-jawed Spock, beaten up with ripped shirt, who is hiding behind a rock with his phaser raised. On the other side of the rock appear to be villains searching for Spock. However, these people actually turn out to be members of the Legion of Superheroes. At least most of them I recognize. Some of them in the back I don't. Behind them is what could be a crashed spaceship or high-tech structure that is trashed and on fire. The variant C cover shows a green-skinned member of the Legion of Superheroes named Brainiac 5 standing in a spaceship with a transparent wall showing a beautiful spacescape beyond. He has some kind of red holographic representation of a planet with a triangle in orbit around it. The floor has a Legion of Superheroes logo on it. Variant D cover shows Spock standing in a very similar spaceship with the transparent wall showing a beautiful ring planet in the background. Spock is holding a phaser, Type 2. The Starfleet logo is on the floor. The Hastings exclusive cover is black and white, is a black and white version of cover A. The second printing variant cover is a black and white version of cover B. The first page arranges the Legion of Superheroes and Enterprise Bridge crew down the two halves of the page. Members of each team that are kind of similar to each other are across from each other as you go down the page. For example, Brainiac 5 and Spock are paired as is Lightning Lad and Captain Kirk. Oh, uh, not Lightning Lad. No, I messed that up. Cosmic No, Boy. you're right. It, 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 in, the, in that picture, it is Lightning Lad and Captain Kirk. <clears throat> but they're not really paired. Okay, so much for that theory. Uh, they just look the same. Okay. Blonde-haired, blue-eyed. Brown-haired, okay. blue-eyed, whatever. There you go. Okay, but the two You're leaders right. was my original point. Whatever. Yeah. The story opens with a lone spacecraft that looks like a strange hybrid of a Constitution-class starship and a Reliant-class starship. Oddly enough, it appears to have a third engine in the bottom rear of its secondary hull. A nod to Gold Key? The lone ship joins a dozen or more other ships, 
some of which are vaguely shaped like a Klingon D7. They are bombarding the surface of a planet. Cut to the bridge of the newcomer ship. A green-skinned officer is reporting on the progress of the attack on this world. Ground troops have been deployed. The view cuts to the ground where many purple-robed figures with green tentacles coming out of their hoods and sleeves are on the run. The ground troops are flying above them with jetpacks and ray guns blasting. Commander Starr, who is leading the assault, says he thinks his men can keep shapeshifters on the ground and on the run. A close-up view of one of the shadow troops that is guarding captured natives is holding a very cool where no man has gone before phaser rifle. Who are these attackers? Another report from Sergeant Maylor states the Tolokian shadows appear more than capable of baffling the shapeshifters. Scene shifts back to the bridge where the officer concludes saying the invasion should be completed in two days. A brief conversation between the leaders of the planet's inhabitants and the captain of the attack fleet makes it clear that the invasion fleet is from a ruthless empire. The Ruthless Empire conquers all planets that do not pledge unconditional loyalty and pay required tributes in goods and personnel. The captain explains to the trembling planet's leader that if you are not with the Terran Empire, fully you are against it. The scene pulls back to show the unfortunate planet that is now half-charred, black, and decimated. Narration says the empire that originated on planet Earth thousand generations ago was not always this ruthless powerhouse. Scene shifts back in time to show primitive men hunting with spears just to survive when an alien intelligence with an evil purpose visits them. Scene shifts to Limbo where the legion of superheroes is traveling through the cosmic chaos within a transparent bubble where the team is discussing rest after battling Darkseed. Brainiac 5 reports the time bubble has been caught by a powerful eddy in the time stream. Its structure begins to crack under the temporal pressures. Meanwhile, in Earth orbit is a more familiar starship, the Enterprise NCC-1701. Kirk has been given the singular honor of addressing this year's Starfleet Academy graduating class. Many members of the crew will also be able to take shore leave. Meanwhile, in Limbo... Brainiac 5 is trying to find a way to break out of the eddy they are caught in, and emergency land before the time bubble cracks like an eggshell. Chameleon Boy extends his body in a very root-like move to protect his companions. Meanwhile on the Enterprise, Scotty is left in command while most of the rest of the senior staff being down to Earth. When transport is complete, Kirk Spock, McCoy, Uhura, Chekhov, and Sulu find themselves on an Earth they barely recognize. Many strange ships are in movement above them. Some look somewhat like Starfleet ships, but a few actually look like Klingon ships. All Kirk can say is, where are we? Meanwhile, the Legion of Superheroes step out of the shattered ruins of their time bubble. Into a landscape strangely similar to the one Kirk's landing party found themselves in. Brainiac 5 confirms that they are in the 23rd century, 
based on radioactive element decay, but it's unlike any 23rd century the young heroes have ever studied. As they work on getting their bearings, a crowd of humans advance on them, while calling them Durlin Scum. They are out for blood, their blood. Cosmic Boy tells them to protect themselves, but try not to hurt anyone. Their actions here in the past could adversely affect their future. Meanwhile, not far away, Kirk's party is grappling with similar challenges as the Legionnaires. They recognize the nearby hills and conclude they are indeed in San Francisco, but not their San Francisco. Attempts to contact the Enterprise fail. They are accosted by military police of some kind flying downward on anti-gravity platforms. They say they are in a restricted area transmitting on restricted frequencies, either of which are grounds for immediate execution. Not liking the sound of that, Kirk orders everyone to scatter and get to cover. Chekhov is hit by the authorities' phasers. Kirk and Sula return fire as Uhura and McCoy try to help Chekhov. Kirk asks for options. Spock says analysis of the tricorder readings are almost complete. As both sets of heroes are defending themselves, Brainiac 5 and Spock come to the same conclusion at the same time. This is the 23rd century, and we are on Earth, but not their Earth. They are in the wrong universe. To be continued. Bum, bum, bum. This is a good one. <laughs> it's a good setup. Yeah. It's a good setup. I wasn't convinced yet. <laughs> <laughs> Not digging it yet? Not at this point, no. Okay, okay. Well, as far was, as first issues go, this is good. I, it's a good setup, I thought. I, I was still like, why? Why these guys? Like uh, like you were mm-hmm. saying, the whole thing about the name. It was a little... Uh, the, the, the dialogue between them, you know, they kept calling each other by name. Like, oh, hey, Cosmic Boy and Lightning Lad was a little... <laughs> <laughs> to to uh, 70s cartoon you know the, yeah. the trek parts are great but these legionnaires i don't know chris very... what do you mean by that donovan <laughs> <laughs> what do you think yeah well you know a lot well, of a lot of my name was donovan you would that's what you would call me well I yeah but... you would say it once but you wouldn't i wouldn't say donovan every time i spoke to you donovan you know what i mean uh, yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, good point. Exactly. You know, they want to, they want us to know who each person is. Okay, great. But didn't isn't uh, at the front of the comic? Um, isn't there uh, at least in the in the version I have? It's the collection. Right. So you have all the characters, and they and you have the names next to everybody. So I guess it's redundant, you know. But uh, in the story, even the dialogue just is wonky. It's it feels <laughs> like you're watching a cartoon from the 60s or the 70s which when you're with them right right yeah things are pretty normal on the star trek side yeah and that third nacelle on the on the the the, is that an engine down there you you mentioned yeah Um, uh, well (laughs) that is kind of odd well like uh yeah, yeah, that is kind of funny because it, it, in every other way, that looks like a normal secondary hull, and it looks exactly. like probably a shuttle bay, you know, on the top half back of it. But look at that bottom. That, that's engine. That's engine glow. Yeah, yeah. 
So, and I and uh, it's only uh, on the next page when you see all of those ships. It's only that one ship that that uh, you can see that on. But I do like the the hybrid of the Klingon ship with the Federation ship. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah, you'll see those uh, kind of sort of Klingon-y kind of ships a lot as the issues progress. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. I like that. The yeah. Federation ships look the same. <laughs> wow. You know. I think... Yeah, I don't know. They, I, I like. I like. I wouldn't have thought of the calling it a hybrid between the Reliant and the uh, and the. A Klingon, so, a, a Miranda it's class a, ship, and a and a and a and a, and a Constitution class ship. Yeah, but it now totally that you is. mention I it, that. I, I see it now. I see but, that. I see that. But it's still a Federation ship with a Federation ship. I, I like uh, what they did with the Klingon ships. Yeah, combining the the styles. That's that's pretty yeah. cool. Cause, so I'm, I'm looking at one now. The nacelle, except for this fin coming out the side, looks pretty much like a standard Federation nacelle. Um, yeah, but definitely the front part. You know, on the on the thin uh, stock into the command right. part. That's a that's Klingon, right? Yeah. Hmm. So what, what do you, do you think you, of I'm sorry. What do y'all think of the artwork in general? I mean, now that we're looking at the ships, we'll we'll kind of separate it into the the ship designs, the ship artwork versus characters. So let's just talk about the ships first. So you guys dig uh, the artwork throughout? You, you like you like it? I like this artwork a lot. Yeah, I think they do a good job. I mean, they, they even, yeah. they're throwing interesting things in there, which I like quite a bit. I mean, there's a shot on like maybe page five or something where they show how half of the planet's all messed up. Mm-hmm. And they even threw in a prototype uh, warp ship in the bottom left portion of it. Um, right. Which is really cool. I mean, you never saw that thing in. Right. It, it, right. The only thing I saw it ever in was in those uh, ships of the line calendars, which I love those calendars. I'm totally into ships. I, right. I think they're throwing interesting things in there. I think they do a very good job. The only, the only my only comment is most of the times when they're depicting people, the Star Trek crew, everybody looks really young and skinny. <laughs> well, yeah. it's season one. It's season one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, real, real, real quick in regards to that picture you were just talking about where it's half destroyed Earth and half nice Earth. The artist has quite a few different ship designs all around Earth, but it almost looks like it's just a cut-and-paste job. So it's like all the ships, especially at the top, uh, the smaller ships, they, they literally look like they were painted somewhere else with a black background and then just oh, copied yeah. and pasted over this... <laughs> This uh, aura type thing oh, that's going man. around now there. Now that you said that, now that you said that, it's real bad. Like up in the in the right, there's that one little group. Yeah, that, that has like nine different ships, and it's like it looks like a flock of birds what on a black that, background. Yeah, what is that black background? What's that? <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't Can like you it? See it, Ken? You don't like it? I'm not the, I'm not the biggest like fan. Like the no. art. I like the art. It's just that that looks. That does look bad. Now that you pointed that out, it's all of them. It's like, oh my uh, you god, know. you've ruined it! You've ruined <laughs> the comic for us. <laughs> well, I hope that's not true. That one page. That one page. <laughs> no, a lot of you, you, you poo pooed on that one page. <laughs> as far as the ships go, a lot of times when they were too far out, I thought they looked a little too boxy. Like especially when they were on the last, the the middle two pages when they when they land on Earth. Yeah, 
like all the ships that are in orbit or in the sky uh, from both Kirk's point of view and the Legion's point of view. Uh, just not enough detail. Looks too like just uh, blocky. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I, I did, I've seen better jobs done on ships in other comics, mm-hmm. in other Star Trek comics. But I still think it's a good job. I like it. Yeah, it's it's pretty right. good. You know, I just noticed the the phaser rifles that these dudes on the jetpacks are using. Yeah. Yeah, the where no man has gone before ones. Yep. That's pretty cool. They're my favorites. They look stupid, but they're my favorites. No, I love that design. I, I, I don't know if I'm just nostalgic for them, but I think they're really cool. And uh, in Where No Man's Gone Before, he there's this one part where he he turns the centerpiece. Right. It's like he's it's like he's cocking it. It, it clacks. I think that is so. <clears throat> it makes no sense. It makes no sense. But I think that's so cool. Well, that's how you switch between kill and disintegrate oh, that, and heat up rocks. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea, but that yeah, I love those. Those are great. I like that head cannon, except. <laughs> so uh, when this issue first came out, I remember uh, being at the comic book store, and I was thinking that the reason why they drew everybody so young was to try to capitalize on the fans of the the new the new Star Trek, mm-hmm. the Chris Pine one, without actually saying this is. Chris Pines, uh, Kirk. Um, I thought that they were really trying to do like a hybrid between Shatner and and Chris Pine to get to get both both groups into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I hadn't read the issue, so I didn't know that you know so much of the old series will be referenced in these issues. That you know it's definitely talking about uh, the Prime universe and not the the Kelvin universe. But uh, but I mean, can you see a lot of you know a little bit of Chris Pine-esque type uh, looks on the Kirk here? Or do you think he only looks like Shatner? A young version of Shatner. After reading so many comics, once you just establish what universe I'm in, I don't really trip too much on what they look like anymore. Right. Because they, depending on what artist it is, sometimes they don't look anything like the guy, the character anyways. So all you need to do is set up the universe for me in a... That kind of goes over my head. I, you're saying that now, honestly, I didn't. That didn't even occur to me. He was just Kirk, right? It's TOS. <clears throat> yeah, as long as you're close enough to being accurate with Shatner, completely agreed. What constantly bugs me is when, like in Gold Key, where they don't even know what Shatner looks like. They're drawing <laughs> some generic guy out of a '50s sci-fi movie, and it ain't right. Shatner. <laughs> that I can't go for. But this well, is close you know, enough that I, I tend to agree. I, I just go with it. As long as long as they're dressed in the right clothes and they can refer to them in the in the and by their name, I'm okay. It's like once Uhura's if Uhura's white and blonde, then we have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Which has happened. Oh, I, I Which has happened. I think you, you you perhaps don't like the Peter Pan. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, Sulu being black? Oh yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. So, okay, they're not always correct. <laughs> so, in that sense, I, I give them a pass a lot of times. Uh, you know. <laughs> there you go. Well, compared to that, uh, I think this is an incredibly accurate drawing. <laughs> yeah, they look great. But I, 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 no, I, I dig what Donovan's saying. Yeah, no, I was just thinking that it was more of a marketing thing yeah. to kind of try to make them look like a hybrid between the two. Um, 
And I was just wondering if you guys were picking up on it to see if... I'm not picking up that he looks that much like Pine, but I am picking up that he looks really young. Although I will say, he's got... I mean, I'm looking at a page right now that has Kirk, and he's got blue eyes. I mean, this is like, you know, like sparkling blue oh. eyes, which is a very much a pineism. Um, yeah, I see. Th- doesn't doesn't Shatner have brown eyes? Yeah, he's got like hazel eyes, I think. Or yeah, okay. Like they're, they're they're light, but they are brownish. Yeah. So good point, Donovan. Uh, that's yeah, the, yeah. the the bright blue eyes is more of a pine thing. Right, and then just when he was on that bridge, the way he had his legs crossed and stuff, it was just reminding me more of. But I mean, in the in the comics, as a rule, though, I mean, he's always drawn this way. If you go back to the to the DC run that uh, we love, he's a little buffer in some of them. Like, oh, yeah. he's really <laughs> buff, and it looks like Shatner, but he's 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 pretty big. So uh, it's it's like uh, on TV how uh, heroes just keep getting younger and younger. It's I think it's always a marketing thing. I don't know if sure. it's so much the 2009. <laughs> that, that, do you love those movies? Do you love the Pine movies? Yeah. Who I, doesn't? Yeah, I do. Do you not? I do. I do. I like them. I like them. But I know people that really that, that don't. So <clears throat> I was well, just wondering. If... There's always some people that could be so fixated on what they're used to that they won't accept anything new. There's always gonna be people like that, but right. that's not like the me. people who, the people who won't go see the new Spider-Man because it's not Tobey Maguire or whatever. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're always gonna get people like that, I guess. But that's not us. Nope, right. not me. I'll see anything. <laughs> <laughs> Spider-Man. I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna be watching it. Yeah, I think Regardless Andrew. Who... I think Andrew Garfield did a great job. As yeah. Andrew Garfield, yeah, he's he was a I, I I'm I I like Toby a little more, but he, Andrew was fine. Well, I like Garfield because he he just seemed at least like he could pull off a high schooler a little better than Toby Maguire. Oh. <laughs> and now yeah. we've got somebody who really is in the in you know uh, now we got a Spider Man who's really is close to that age, okay. and he really looks. Right. He looks like a high schooler, so it's kind of cool. But yeah, I, I love Tony. I love Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man. He, he's great, but I kind of like where they're going with the new one. Yeah, the MCU is great. <laughs> All right. So as far as back to the comic, would y'all think about Chekhov's injury? I mean, he, he gets hit, and oh, this is this is right in your wheelhouse. It's graphic. I thought. Yeah. For for a phaser blast. I mean, it shows like a big chunk of chunk of meat's gone yeah <laughs> Jeez. well and that's what it should be no he should have just disappeared no, no okay so that's your normal thing he's nothing <laughs> that was the setting on that phaser yeah obviously it... chunk <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh if it's anything if a phaser is anything like a laser and it kind of looks like it is you know i think we've said this before donovan but right you know it's it's gonna take a hunk out of you. It's not gonna make you dematerialize from the top of your head to the toe, the bottom of your toes. Okay, I, I'm looking at it. It's it's not too bad. <laughs> it looks like his shirt's ripping. Well, look at the next page when <laughs> well, when uh, when McCoy's like spraying it oh, with um, geez, back to spray or something. 
back a spray. I, <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. I take it back. I don't know how I that got by me. I didn't even notice that. Well, is that the back to spray that's all red, or is that like hunk of meat? No, that's his. No, that's, that's his exposed back. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And then later, he just gets a little bandaid or whatever. But uh, but here, it's. I mean, I would think that if you were getting hit with phased light, it would be a burn. And yeah. It wouldn't look like. Or would have gone straight mess like this. Yeah. Or maybe it would have gone straight through. That too. We've seen that recent IDW comics. But this didn't go straight oh, yeah, through. They, they no, I just just burned him, or not even burned him, just like skinned him. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's it's something that I've never seen in a in a Star Trek comic book. Right. That that that's the wound that happens when you get hit by a phaser or a disruptor or something. Right. That's all I was gonna say. Yeah. I totally I totally missed I agree. that. Uh, before I forget, there's a nice uh, mention of the crowd, the angry crowd a little earlier in the comic is coming at them, and uh, they mention the Dominion. Right. The Dominion shapeshifters. Oh, yes, is that what that is was? Nice. Is that what they were yeah. referring to? Oh, yeah. I didn't get that. Well, he says it. He says straight out, he says, uh, we took care of the Dominion. We'll take care of you. Oh, that part. Right. Yeah, yeah, I got that. Part, <laughs> Which is but... nice to get to get a Dominion reference in TOS is 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 kind of cool. Yeah, and, and considering how far in the past this was, this is not twenty fourth century. Um, how did the Dominion come into it? Well, we're in this well, alternate we're in this alternate reality right well, now. I know, so... but I know, but well, we'll we'll, we'll we could talk about it later because they do explain why things are accelerated here mm-hmm. versus. The normal 23rd century. Granted. But. How, how do you like this. Uh, this empire logo. With the two swords going up. Into the. The earth. <laughs> That's a lot like the. Uh, the mirror universe with the one sword going down. So I'll be honest. When I first started reading this. I thought it was the same logo. Yeah. It, it, it wasn't until like issue two that I kind of paid attention. I was like, oh, there's two swords. <laughs> ooh, ooh, that's very different. I don't know why. That's twice as evil. It bothers me they're going up for some reason. Shouldn't they be going down? That's just me. Yeah. <laughs> well, they had to show that it was different. So there you go. Right. You know, so that people like me won't keep notice. I just keep feeling like they're going to fall out. Yeah. <laughs> hard to look at oh you're like saying if it was like mounted on a wall <laughs> right right it would just fall out that's funny and by the way i have a question if everything's so accelerated because of things we'll find out later in the issues why are they still mm. using phaser rifles that mm. were used you know in the first pilot because they look cool well okay <laughs> i i will take that answer because i think that's it looks very cool. I love them, but it just doesn't, doesn't make a lot of sense. And I think the shuttles tend to look a little bit more, because there's lots of shuttles in here. They tend to look a little uh-huh. bit more like um, like reboot uh, Kelvin-era shuttles to me. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about that next issue, because I think we see it more. I, I didn't notice it, but uh, you can point out where in that in that issue you see that. Well, okay. But they're all over um, those shuttles in this one. But they're so far away, they look more boxy. And and to me, they look like the old ones in this one. Okay. Show me, what page are you talking about? Um, It's where they're having the firefight, uh, where 
Sulu and Kirk are like on top of uh, a shuttle that kind of has another um, kind of like a Reliant oh, class oh. Uh, appendage on the okay, top yeah, of it. So you know. Anyway, I just, yeah. just thought that. Uh, and one last thing I just want to mention is the flying platforms that they're using in in this one, the the cops, the the troops, whatever, from the Empire. Right. Uh, reminds me a lot of the flying platforms the Romulans were using at Romulus in the uh, IDW ongoing set of issues that took place on on Romulus. You know, the whole Red Matter storyline. Was that the, uh, that's the one with Spock? The Spock? No, no, that, you're talking about the, this is an older one. Oh, wow. Remember that, remember that old one where in the end they end up giving the red matter yeah, to I remember the Romulans? The story. I just don't remember the, the platform. Yeah, they had they were using flying platforms there, too. Uh, what year did that come out? Do you remember? Uh, a couple years ago when we reviewed them. Right, I'm just wondering if this came out first. Because this came out in 2009, right? Uh, 2011. Oh, this came out in 11. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not... You know, this could have been first. I don't know. I, I, I'm just saying it reminds me of that. I'm not saying who got what from who. Sure, sure. Yeah. All right. Chris, anything else? All oh, those platforms. It, it looks like the Republic Senate had a sale. <laughs> <laughs> the old Republic. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. Not, Good not point. Crazy about yeah, there you go. <laughs> True. That's funny. True. They don't look very safe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, no. Yeah, but one, wouldn't one you like to have blast, one? Of those? They're all falling out. Yeah, but wouldn't you well, like to have to... that? Man, I'd love that one. Yeah, but not a, not if I was a cop and I was chasing people. Uh, it doesn't look very. Uh, You'd be safe. quite a target. Yeah, as they were in this story. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we'll see it more in the next issue. But even being at a higher elevation, it doesn't seem to give them any advantages when they're fighting with Kirk and them. No. It, if you need to be heard in a in an auditorium, you know, to, to lift you up to the center in a senate, right? In a senate meeting, <laughs> exactly. There you go. Okay. All right. Issue two. Um. Yeah. Sure. Ready? Born that way. Engage. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so issue two came out, uh, has a cover date of November 2011. Uh, the writing and art staff is all the same. The only difference from issue one is the letterer, who is now Chris Mallory. Um, I don't see an individual name, so I guess this is just uh, Star Trek Legion of Superheroes number two. So not, not as many covers as last time, but there's still uh, three. Uh, we have cover A, which is a... Uh, almost like a movie style poster it's a it's a very busy cover shows lightning lad in the foreground with lightning coursing all around him uh, with his arm outstretched and then uh, behind him we see a big close-up of kirk's face uh, and like his eye is about where lightning lad's arm is and the lightning looks like it might be coming out of his eye too it's kind of interesting and then around the two of them we see uh, various pictures of the other legionnaires and enterprise crew 
So cover B shows the Trek crew on the bottom with their phasers drawn and a huge number of Legionnaires flying over them, uh, more than the, the six that are actually in the story. And then uh, the RI cover is uh, Kirk and Cosmic Boy standing on the bridge looking out at a close-up of a star. So the story starts on Earth in the Emperor's Palace. The Unseen Leader is giving an address about how the various DC Universe aliens have overthrown various Trek races. He assures the people of the Empire that uh, they will conquer any threat that they encounter and that the uh, other aliens will either join their empire or die. So probably somewhere in New York or somewhere on the uh, west coast on Earth, uh, the mob of humans are still attacking the Legion of Superheroes. The Legionnaires are holding off the mob and trying not to injure anyone. Brainiac 5 is able to get the part out of the time bubble that he needs. Uh, once he has this, uh, Shady, or Shadow Lass, blankets the group with a shadow, and they all fly away from the confusion with their flight rings. When they can stop for a breather, Brainiac uses the chronometer that he was able to salvage to prove that they are not only in the wrong time, but also the wrong universe. Back in San Francisco on the same planet, same time, same universe, uh, Kirk and the Enterprise crew are being fired on by the Emperor's guards on the hovering platforms. Spock is able to tap into one of the shuttles to unlock it so that they can escape. After some trial and error with the foreign controls, Sulu is able to get off the ground, and with a few well-placed phaser blasts, they are away and no longer pursued. Once they have a breather, Spock, just like Brainiac before, comes to the conclusion that they are not in the right universe. The Emperor's minions are still... <clears throat> The Emperor's minions are very interested in time travel tech left over by the Legionnaires. So it shows them getting the, getting the uh, device. Back in the skies, Brainiac 5 scans the planet and finds evidence that there's some other time travelers. Thinking that this might be a clue to the issue that they're having, they travel to the site that Sulu has landed the shuttle. In the shuttle, unaware that the Legion of Superheroes is traveling across the continent to get to them, Kirk and Spock watch some old TV broadcasts of the history of this world. Much like the evil mirror universe that we're used to seeing, uh, this has a very similar history to ours, but slightly different. This Earth seems to have uh, diverged from the normal Earth even farther back than what the traditional mirror universe has. Spock also drops the bombshell that they may not have a way to return home. The history lesson is cut short when a proximity alarm blares. It seems that they have six visitors in the form of the Legion of Superheroes outside. The Legion stand on a rocky ledge watching the shuttle below, planning their next steps. Brainiac 5 confirms that this is the cause of the temporal disturbances. Saturn Girl quickly pushes Brainiac 5 out of the way of a phaser blast that soars over his head. The Legionnaires are ready to attack the Starfleet crew standing below with their phasers drawn. To be continued. And, you, and you'll notice the uh, phasers they have drawn are Type 2 phasers. 
instead of type one phasers that they've been using in <clears> the first <throat> issue and most of the second issue. Oh, maybe these are the ones they found on the shuttle. Exactly. That's my theory. Because how else could they suddenly have type two phasers? Anyway, just thought I'd point that out. Artist discretion. <laughs> Magic. All right. Temporal anomalies. <laughs> so uh, tons of reasons. <laughs> so I love seeing smooth-headed Klingons using batliths in that one panel. Early oh, issue. Point. point. Yeah, I'm not familiar with the uh, the the purple-skinned uh, alien that they're fighting. Uh, who is it? It's a it's a a kund. Is that his yeah? Name? I think K- I think that's what they call it. Yeah, I assume that yeah. was since they're kind of mixing the bad guys of the Legion of Superheroes and the bad guys for Star Trek. I assume that was a Legion of Superhero villains, but who knows? Yeah, I, I didn't recognize them either. But I I love this this uh, shot on that same page, all the way on the left. Uh, the what are they called <clears throat> from Aaron of Mercy? The Organians. The Organians. Organians. Yeah. Organians. Yeah. Right. yeah. Right. I love that the way they look in that picture. That doofy smile still on their face. <laughs> Yeah, and these yeah. other and these other super powered people apparently again I am unfamiliar with. Yeah, yeah. I again I just assumed that there was somebody that the Legion of Superheroes came up against, but right. Yeah, the 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 two they're both purple, which is kind of odd that uh, <laughs> that they're using the purple races. Right. Yeah, they're familiar to me, but I don't I don't are I, I kind of like know who they are. No, I think they're different. They're different people. Because the the where the Klingon is getting impaled, you see some dead ones on the ground. They got the and point. they do kind of look the same, don't they? Oh, they do. Yeah, they good the point. Hmm. I thought they were pointy ones. pointy ears, and it looks like a bald head. <laughs> but right. Huh. Good point. Maybe they were the same. <laughs> but I don't see any of them flying when they're attacking <clears throat> the Klingons. Yet right. the Organians have the flying ones. Right. I don't know. Hmm. Um, I, I I like the rocking it, the old original uh, disruptors, hand disruptors, the Klingons are using. So that's cool. Yeah, I really like that you pointed out the batleth thing because I didn't notice it. To me, it was just oh, it's a Klingon. Of course, they would have a batleth, but I never <laughs> thought that uh, that the smooth-headed ones never used the batleths. So when you read this, guys, and uh, they're teasing with this emperor guy, did you know who this was? I didn't. Did you? At this point, I didn't, I didn't either. No. Um, I had no clear idea, but the goatee and, and facial hair, which is all you see of him, did make me think of a particular person who yes. ended, up, ended up being later but, in it. Right, right. Yeah, same here. I was I was actually oh, watching... Uh... <laughs> uh, no, a, a certain DC character. But oh, 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 I wasn't... yes, yes. Certain DC character. How true. Uh, right. Okay. I was actually watching Legends of Tomorrow as I hey, hey, read hey, this the first hey, time. Hey, <laughs> you're gonna ruin it, <laughs> right? <laughs> but but yeah, that's what I was thinking when I saw the facial hair. But then I was like, well, that's that. I mean, I guess it could fit the timeline. I didn't know if this person ever fought with the Legion. Yeah, so yeah. I didn't really yeah. give it a lot of. I didn't Same give it a here. lot of thought. Same here. Yeah. Ah, so you guys both had a clue then, right? I didn't. <laughs> 
but uh but yeah we'll talk about it later but the uh the <laughs> count the the trek counterpart to this person i was surprised yeah, about very exactly that's that's what makes the story for me really because he doesn't look anything like this guy right all right enough foreshadowing let's let's keep talking <laughs> about what we do know here with issue number two okay uh flight rings okay yeah. uh that sounds yes. that sounds rather like a one-trick pony to me like a little one-trick pony version of the lantern power rings well, it's also yeah. a communicator so i think star trek stole it so oh, instead of having it on your finger you have put it on your chest same thing oh i thought that was a power ranger moment it's like a rainbow flies out of that black power puff girls or something what power rangers oh power rangers oh sorry i could see both uh no the power the flight ring just lets them fly yeah right it's a little bit like the white lantern ring that uh scotty makes for now that now that you mentioned it 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 is a lot like that ring that Scotty makes uh, using the the technology Green Lantern ring as a as a as a basis, right? But I don't think they can shoot anything out of it. All it just lets them fly. It's a communicator, and it may like have some sort of force fieldy type properties, but they don't usually talk about that much. And hmm. in, in the newest episode, blah, blah blah, in the newest episode of Supergirl, or not one of the it's last season but there was a cool shot where she's in the fortress of solitude and they do a close-up of the the legion ring implying that that superman may have had the this backstory of being part of the legion at one point when he was a boy Mm. you know just it just opens it up to so many possibilities which i just loved cool yeah just with that one shot of the legion ring so i take it you didn't you're not familiar with the legion ring kid no donovan i'm not until now. <laughs> tisk, tisk. <laughs> I, oh. Like I say, I, until this comic, I never even heard of the Legion of Superheroes. You need to watch more Smallville. Well, uh, yeah. I, I, I know. You, you've told me that for a long Supergirl. time. You what was that, Chris? Supergirl. You bring up Supergirl, and I'm tempted to talk about the next episode. But let's not go there. Let's not. The next issue? or the? <laughs> yeah, the, the very next one we're getting with uh, Superman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Next season. That's going to be great. All right. Back to this. Right. <laughs> I'm seeing um, the first page where we go back to that shootout with the TOS crew, and I'm definitely seeing that pine vibe you're talking about at that on that bottom, that bottom panel where he's shooting back. He's, like, under the shuttle shooting back. Oh, right. Yeah, they're on. Um... Yeah, I see it. Yeah, like I said, I was getting the vibe all the way through. Um, thinking, yeah, now that, that, not sure if it was intentional or just me reaching. Now that you pointed it out, definitely. But there's a little bit of both. I think it's uh, they tried to mix it because I see a little bit of uh, Shatner in there too as I'm flipping through. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, like I said, when when I was getting these books off the shelf, I was really wondering if it was supposed to be some sort of amalgam between the two maybe that they were trying to cater to both both fans so maybe if you're a fan of the movies and you're a fan of legion you're going to buy this issue and will won't feel lost i I don't know but now that i'm actually reading it i'm like oh man this has this is all old school (laughs) 
Uh, the uh, bones definitely looks like DeForest. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Chekhov looks mm, like a almost an anime character most of the time. Right. Well, that same a few pages later when they're still doing the the, the shootout, there's a, a pretty faithful Walter Koning uh, drawing. He he looks like uh, Walter. But yeah, uh, it depends when upon the shooting out. Yeah. Uh, I'll find it later. It, it's the next page after the one you pointed us at, too, where Kirk's shooting from uh, okay. underneath the shuttle. It's the next mm-hmm. page. And he's calling yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <clears throat> like... Yeah. But we got to look for Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of McCoy, I like McCoy's joke about expecting to see an evil version of himself any minute. Right. With a goatee. That's I like that. <laughs> I like. There's a lot of good jokes in here, yeah. and they kind of take cracks at both both continuities. So, uh, the the only thing that I thought was a little too heavy on Trek was, or uh, against Trek was that the, this Emperor, which is, I mean, we don't really know where we're at right now. We still think maybe it's another mirror universe, but if it really is supposed to be the combination of the two universes, the the Trek universe really seems to get the short end of the stick. Because all these, uh, you know, the Trek aliens are the ones that are getting killed off. Like, they got rid of the Dominion, they're getting rid of the Klingons, they're getting rid of the Organians. The Borg, they're talking about, they're just going to wipe them out. So it's just like, you would think that the Trek characters could hold their own a little bit more than than it's showing them. Right, but don't, don't you think it, doesn't it pay off a little bit later on? When you find out about the Emperor? Well, just, I guess where he comes from. <laughs> yeah, who he who he is, or you know. Mm. All right, let's talk later. It's, <laughs> it's always tough to talk. I kind of wish that I hadn't finished reading the series so that I wouldn't know, <laughs> and I wouldn't be tempted to, right. to say. And you're biting your tongue at every turn. Well, right. It's it's like uh, not every story, but some stories. It's that ending that makes it or breaks it, right? And and this story for me is is that it all hinges on that. That's that one thing that's revealed later on that made this story cool. Like wow. Well, that was the every time I see. Yeah, I, I think that reveal, that reveal is very cool. I agree with you. But then they had another reveal later that was even cooler. I thought. Oh. <laughs> they had multiple reveals well, well, that were very cool in this. That's yeah, I, I yeah, think yeah. the writer did a really good job. Yeah. But it's definitely that the ending is what, at least for me, is what makes me uh, toler- t- made me tolerate these and makes me enjoy them on repeat readings. Because that first issue is, oh, it's, it's if it would have kept on in that vein, you know, yeah. it would have, would have, Sucked. <laughs> <laughs> sugar <coming in>. yeah. <laughs> now, now, Chris, just because because you're just joining us for the first time, I really think you need to tell us what you think. <laughs> Don't be so holding back on your opinion. I'm trying to keep a PG. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, as far as far as the artwork goes, uh, I really liked the shot of the the six legionnaires flying through the through the sky that that one big panel where they're all flying some with their arms outstretched some with their hands back right just a very 
iconic superhero proses for all of them. Cool. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool how Brainy is kind of uh, reading as he's going. <laughs> and I like this this symbolism where where uh, or not really symbolism, but as far as being uh, similar with this with how Spock's figuring everything out at the same time Brainy's figuring it all out, and it's really they're kind of figuring it out on their own, but they're all coming to the same conclusion, and it's not like they wait until you know Brainiac can get there and tell them what's going on that they're or Spock does it, you know, so it, it, it's a fine line to walk where you have two franchises like this, but it's kind of cool how they're really coming to their same conclusion, but through their own means. Right. Versus having to wait till they get together and then whoever's the quote unquote smart one, tell everybody else what's going on. Yeah, I, I do like the eventually when they do come together and start working together, I like how the uh, the Spock Brainiac five pairing is going. I think they're. Well, They're very good together, which we'll see more we of. In the there, we'll see more of it later. Before, before that, this one part that really stood out to me in this comic is right, right here, right here at the end. Did Kirk just shoot first? <laughs> <laughs> so well, why? You know, him and Han. Oh man! <laughs> Come on, though. When I saw that, I was, I was like, wait, what? Why would he know? That's a little out of character for me. Well, yeah. Well, uh, and, and, and Chekhov got you shot. They're obviously, you know, they're yeah. they're they're in. Uh, they don't. They're alone in a strange land. That's, that's, so, but that's cliche, Kirk. Right? Shoot first. Flirt with the girl, which he does do later too. <laughs> and he keeps doing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like she she see that she's like get down, and then the next uh, page the the Enterprise crew's just standing there like yeah what's up <laughs> yeah we bad we bad yeah <laughs> yeah I agree a hundred percent that that was out of character for whoever did the shooting yeah because right now you don't know for sure you'll find out the next issue but. Yeah, he tries to explain it away, but... You're not having no. it. You're just not having <laughs> no. it. Well, just like with all good comic book crossovers, you have to have the good guys fight for a while. Exactly. Right. You know, Iron Man has to fight Captain America before they decide to team up. That's just how it works. Uh, Batman oh, needs to fight Superman. <laughs> la, 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 la. Oh, yeah, that's even a better analogy. Yeah. Oh. More recent, anyway. Yep. Oh no! What's, what's Lightning Lad's mother's name? <laughs> <laughs> we need we need this information. Isn't that Kirk's wife, mom's name? Winona. Yeah. Winona. <laughs> what, is her, what is his name? What is her name? I don't remember. It's Winona. It is Winona. No, really? At least, yeah, in the book. Winona Kirk. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I thought you were about, which is why I, I thought you were referring to Spock with Winona Ryder. <laughs> okay. No. Yeah, that's a that's a strange coincidence that I'd never a, even uh, crossed my mind until just now. <laughs> oh, I remember. I remember when that movie came out. I was like, well, that's kind of a coincidence that Spock's mom and Kirk Spock's mom, the actress who plays Spock's mom and Kirk's Kirk's mom, yeah, mom that is have the same name. Small world. Never noticed that. Just, small world. Just like I never noticed. 
Batman and Superman's mother had the same name. Yeah. Yeah, I always thought that was funny. And now I'll never forget. Yeah, now it's... Uh, it's... Now you're not allowed to. You've seen the movie. It's like 75 years. We're finally paying off on that uh, that little nugget of information. Right. <laughs> uh, that's great. All right. That's all I have on this one. You guys? <laughs> um, yeah. I, yes. the, I have one thing. The uh, the little video that they're watching where it's showing like um, oh, yeah. the alternate history and things like that. Uh, I thought it was kind of cool that it kind of it's kind of similar to the opening of Enterprise when they did the alternate history oh, episode. Definitely, definitely. It showed, showed the uh, the astronaut with that uh, right. that flag and everything. Right. So and I, now I, I have to ask, how do they have video footage of a Roman Legion? Uh, well, they're advanced. <laughs> they're advanced. <laughs> Oh, this okay. universe's spot <laughs> has gone to the the Guardian of Forever and, and took in snapshots from there and came back. Uh, oh, well, this is the bread and circuses plan. Exactly. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> well, they, they have advanced technology, right? So, hey, they had cameras back in uh, in Roman times, I guess. <laughs> or oh. this could have just been a reenactment. We don't know. Exactly. Right. Right. Good okay. point, though. <laughs> Good point. That's funny. <laughs> hey, and real quick, Ken, to answer your question about the uh, phasers, uh-huh. uh, there on the page after uh, the the TV page, uh, it shows somebody handing, handing out yeah. phasers. Yeah, that's so that they did come from the shuttle. Right. Mm. Yeah, I noticed that. Where did the where did their phasers come go that they were using before? I don't know, but somebody's handing them out. Right. And it's probably Chekhov. Uh, it is a gold. It's a uh, gold command gold shirt sleeve, and Sulu and Kirk are in frame. So I think you're right. <laughs> it's called deduction, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. All right, that was. <laughs> All right, shall we see what what happens in issue three? Let's do it. Hopefully, it won't on a big cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully it won't. It'll be different from all the other issues. All right. All right. <laughs> Number three. Uh, December 2001, published date. Writer. Uh, everything's pretty much the same. I'm not sure about the letterer, Sean Lee. I, I think they switch back and forth a little bit with letterers, but everybody else is the same. Cover A presents a split image of the next-gen era, Klingons, on the left, and the Legion of Superheroes arch nemesis called at least I assume they're the arch nemesis of them called the Kuns on the right K-H-U-N-D-S the leaders of each bad guy group is shown in the middle uh, split you know split down the middle mirror images of each other cover B presents Kirk and Spock's heads along with the Enterprise in the top half and Cosmic Boy, Saturn Girl and Lightning Lad flying on the bottom half the third cover shows Ohura holding some kind of beefy device with uh, Shadow Lass standing next to her with her mouth open and legs spread. Shadow Lass hmm. looks emotional and ready for combat. They are both standing in what appears to be, uh, again, a spaceship with a big glass wall showing outer space behind. The two sets of heroes finally meet as each 
group thinks the other are responsible for their predicaments. The Enterprise crew fires first, then a battle between them breaks out. The fight seems almost as half-hearted as the airport fight in Civil War. Finally, it's Brainiac 5 and Spock who recognize first they should be talking and not fighting. The fighting ceases. Kirk explains why he decided to fire first. He goes on to explain who they are and what they represent. Starfleet, the Federation, and their mission is all explained. Cosmic Boy takes his turn, which is handy as I have no idea who these people are. He explains they serve a similar interplanetary organization in the 31st century to their Federation of Planets, which is called the United Planets. Very original. Cosmic Boy's team is part of a larger group of superheroes that serve and protect the United Planets. The United Planets has their own set of threats that the Legion of Superheroes is sworn to defend against. Spock and Brainiac explain that this is not a mirror universe situation, but rather, while the Enterprise landing party was in the transporter stream and the Legionnaires were traveling through limbo, the universe was reordered around them. This is their universe, but somehow neither of their timelines were allowed to come to be. Brainiac 5 is about to explain what they need to do to get back home when a fearful set of powerful villains approach them. Among them is a Gorn, and what may be a purple Mugatu, whose brains show through an opening where his eyes should be. An abomination that is half man and half machine addresses them. He introduces himself as Ruck of the Imperial Elite. He says they are in possession of temporal technology which is strictly forbidden. They are to surrender themselves for judgment and sentencing immediately or there will be dire consequences. Both the heroes and villains advance on each other which makes it clear there will be no surrender today. McCoy and Chameleon Boy work together to take down the Gorn, compliments of the good doctor's hypo and the boy's Mr. Fantastic impression. Shadowlass and Uhura work together to take down a green-skinned woman with a huge floating eye that shoots laser beams. Uhura stuns her into unconsciousness. Spock, Sulu, and Saturn Girl are able to take down the mutant purple Mugatu with a karate kick to the back of the knee and a Vulcan neck pinch. Brainiac 5, Chekhov, and Lightning Lass, a lad, are able to take down a black-suited guy with a fishbowl on his head that can shoot deadly force beams out of his hand. Brainiac's force field deflects the fishbowl guy's initial blasts. Then Chekhov's phaser and the lad's lightning bolts are able to bring him down. Kirk and Cosmic Boy take on the half-man, half-machine leader of the bad guys. Kirk's phaser is knocked away, and he is grabbed around the waist, and lifted off the ground. Kirk is able to deliver a two-fisted blow to the human half of the cyborg, which breaks its hold on the good captain. Cosmic Boy uses his ability to manipulate metal to attack the robot half of their opponent. Between the two of them, they drop the cyborg monstrosity. With all of the villains defeated and tied up, McCoy says he's had enough of this place, and the sooner they can fix things and get home, the better. 
Lightning Lad agrees, but Cosmic Boy asks how. Kirk observes Spock and Brainiac 5 already on the flying platform the villains rode in on. Spock says the circuitry should be compatible with Brainiac... Spock says the circuitry should be compatible, and Brainiac 5 is already under its control panel rewiring it. They come up with a plan to split into two teams. One team, led by Cosmic Boy, will go back in time to fix history at the point of the alteration. The other team, led by Kirk, will stay in the present and investigate the second source of temporal disturbance that Brainiac's instruments detected. The team traveling to the past disappear on the bad guy's anti-grav platform, while the other team takes off in the borrowed shuttlecraft. To be continued. Best issue ever, Chris? This one get you? Um, <clears throat> not well. So of the three, definitely. Finally, we're done with the with the setup, and now we're gonna have the adventure. <laughs> exactly. <Right>. They have <laughs> a purpose. They have a plan. Finally, you know, I like that they split off into teams. Right. That's. And now, yeah, like I said, uh, this is where, yeah, okay, here we go. This is, the next one's going to be interesting. The next one, which we won't do today, is where it gets interesting. <laughs> because, yeah, until, till 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 this point, it's all been pretty, pretty standard, pretty predictable. Right. Really, until this one, or are you including this one as part of the predictable one? Oh, until this one, I would say. You knew that they were going to meet up at some point. And like you right. said, you knew you had to have this little fight. <laughs> right. You know, you knew that they were going to have to team up. And uh, I, I guess what surprised me, if I, if there was a surprise in this one, is that they split up. That there were two separate missions that they were going to go on. But, yeah, pretty standard stuff so yeah. far. I'll tell you what the biggest surprise for me on this issue was, is that they introduced the Fatal Five, which is the, the Legionnaires, you know, it's basically their Legion of Doom. It's the, the five well, villains. <laughs> but, but introduced them that they're all, you could tell who they were, but they're all Star Trek species instead of the species that they were on, on the, in the Legion of Super. Oh, how interesting. Yeah, so the uh, the the woman with the eyeball, as you like to say, uh, that is the uh, Emerald Empress. But huh? here she's an Orion, which I thought was, well, that's awesome. An Orion with the uh, with the uh, with the eye, that's kind of cool. And then uh, we have uh, the Magatu is uh, Validus, which is you know this monster type character that you know has this cybernetic thing that controls her controls the brain so that's kind of cool that it's a magatu instead of which the... which which ken said they took him out by kicking him in the back of the knee yeah and all i could all i could say to that is remember ken not all species keep their genitals <laughs> in the same place <laughs> <laughs> was that star trek five it was uh, six. five yeah no it's five it was, was it no no you're six. Oh, six. It was six. Was it it was six. The... yeah it was the the rubber pad on the prison plane yeah. But I didn't mean to interrupt. I actually want to know what this is because I was wondering about Ruck especially. Uh which one's the Ruck? Cyber cybernetic Ruck. guy? Yeah, oh, Ruck was the android in uh What a Gr Little Girls Made of. Okay. I didn't know who he was cuz I was going to ask you. In the comic books that's Persuader. He's he's a uh he's a cyborg. And uh 
He's been in. He was in. He was in that episode of Smallville that uh, had the Legion in it. Oh, okay. So, uh, but it, but Ruck, I didn't, I didn't, I, I was gonna ask you who that guy was. He was the only one out of the five that I didn't know, the Star Trek reference. Yeah, that's Lurch. That's Lurch. Oh, right. From Adam's family. Okay. All right, and then the one with the fishbowl. That's Mano. That's his name. So it, in the, in have, the so like manta ray or something. I mean, is he supposed to be a, a oh an aquatic species? Is is that a, a fishbowl on his head full with water? I don't or think water? I don't think it's water. Okay. It's a, it's an environmental suit of some sort. Oh, okay. And he can't breathe atmosphere, okay. which I thought was great that it's that <laughs> that character from Star Trek: The Next Generation who always had to have that little respirator that that puffed oh. out the smoke. That's why I thought it was so awesome. I was like, man, they really did a good job of picking you a know, character that couldn't breathe. Earth I didn't get that. I did not get that with at all either. I, I didn't get that one either. I didn't remember him oh, being really? purple. Yeah, now that you say it, I see the features. They, it's definitely, uh, it's really vague. Though. It's vague. You're good. You're good. You caught that. Yeah, that was the that was the one that I was like, oh my god, they they nailed it. Hmm. That just the similarities. Modoc. And then one is uh, the Gorn. His name is uh, the Rock. T H A R O K. The oh, Rock. the Rock. Okay. And he has the cosmic axe type thing, or whatever it is huh they can slice through anything even superboy wow wow that is something so again I thought that was awesome i was like man they're really combining the universes i wonder if this is going to mean i'm something. glad you're explaining this yeah same here same here that was all lost on me yeah, really me too i knew i figured that's what it was but i didn't know any of those dc characters right uh, of all the legion characters those are the only five i know and that's only because they've been in other uh other media right <laughs> so cool um these uh when they're explaining to each other where they're from these big beautiful pictures how do you feel about those oh i, I think it's um, good artwork yeah that was really good and i like the uh, i liked how they did it with the federation with the enterprise in the middle and then you know a little section of good aliens and bad aliens i liked it a lot is that Trelane in the corner there? <clears throat> yes. Okay, because later on, uh, I will ask you about this again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I know what part you're talking about. Or what you're going to bring uh, up in the future. And then the next page, there he is for you. There he is. There's Super- Kalel. Yeah, so Superboy and Supergirl in the same uh, same little panel. So of all the Legionnaires there, you can see Bouncing Boy Ken. Uh, is, is that the guy with the head with the big huge round head he, yeah he looks like a soccer uh, ball that's, 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 yeah. that's he how he bounces wow that's amazing <laughs> and, then, and then the guy next to him that, that looks like he's kind of a little bit maybe like uh, Wolverine who's he it's Timberwolf T- Timberwolf okay there you go oh, yeah which was on the on the series right. and looked nothing like that <laughs> <laughs> Um, so is that the Karate Kid know. doing the uh, Karate thing? Where? Oh yeah, yeah, that's Karate oh, Kid. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> and then the woman, the the Eagle woman, her name is something Star. I, I forget her name. Hmm. She's like a Native American uh, type character uh, that's uh, that has wings and exposes a lot of cleavage. Oh, there's those purple guys. There's the purple there's guy? those purple guys. What purple guys? 
those uh, guys we were talking about an issue or two back. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, the cleavage. That's just, you know, we're in comic books. <laughs> <laughs> that's required of all female <laughs> superheroines. So, um, yeah, you got to have the boob window. The is boob window. Okay, there you go. <laughs> you see, look at blue up there. See? Oh, yeah. Oh, no two ways about it. I've noticed that, and so does Kirk. So so these guys in the bottom right, they're all the bad guys for the Legion of Superheroes. Is that it? Right. Okay. Yeah. And then, like, the purple guy, like you say. And then... Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the one, the one with the big teeth and the, the red circle in the forehead, right. that is a Dementor. A what? Dementor. Oh, a Dementor. Hmm, interesting. Mm-hmm. And we'll see him later. Who's going... We right. will, not only in this series, but also in the big Supergirl, Flash, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow crossover. Uh, is that in the comic book land? Nope. Oh. CW land. Oh, 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 okay. Okay. That'll be the, the big crossover this season. Uh, all four series oh, wow. will cross over to fight them. Oh, cool. Okay. Which will probably, I'm, I'm assuming, will have a Legion of Superhero tie-in, too. And is this going to be... Yeah. <laughs> Is this going to be split across all, all of the TV series? You know, the, the narration, or is it going to be um, like mostly on Supergirl or something? Nope, all four oh, huh. crossover into each other. Well, if so they do it, or part episode. If they do it like they've done it in the past, will be uh, it'll be like a mini series that'll take us all week to watch. Right. So, well, you get the-, the episode for all the TV shows will cover the same story. Exactly. Interesting. And so, uh, Supergirl on Monday, Arrow on Tuesday, mm-hmm. Flash on Wednesday, and Legends of Tomorrow will wrap it up on Thursday. Yeah. Cool. How Maybe. does that work on DVD? <laughs> you got to know when to. You have to uh, buy all four series, all se- all four what series I... season. <laughs> what if I don't want to? What if I only like the Flash, but I want that whole story? I have to buy all those seasons. <laughs> No, you just have to go get that issue episode off of uh, iTunes or uh, oh, that's Amazon horrible. or something like that. Yeah, that's horrible. No, a, fr- a friend of mine lives in uh, Japan, and I was sending him the the DVDs and stuff of uh, Arrow and Supergirl and stuff, and I was like, "All right, so when you get to this disc, stop and then go back and watch that that many episodes of the other series because you're going to get to a part where." They're going to cross over, and you need to know what's going on in the other ones. So, uh, so yeah, you just gotta gotta know when to stop. Cross, it's getting cross marketing. <laughs> yeah, people. Uh, I hear people have difficulty when they get to um, the TNG seasons that take place at the same time with Deep Space Nine, and then right. you jump you jump into Voyager and it's DS Nine. People have trouble with that, and we don't really have these these type of crossovers. So I can only imagine the trouble people are going to have with this in the future. <laughs> right. It, it it could it could blow up. It could be a bad thing. But I'm I'm excited. Oh, it should for be it, good. But... It's all good. Just relax. Oh no, it's great. It's great. It's great as it's going. I'm just saying, uh, the rewatch in the future for people is going to be diff- weird. Yeah. yeah. Right. You, you know, popping in DVDs or back and forth on Netflix. I, you know. Oh, a little more of a yeah. challenge. That's all. As long as it's all on Netflix, you can jump back and forth all you like. 
as long as they have a little disclaimer like the comic books do, you know, because basically it's like the comic books, yeah. like like you were saying, all the crossovers and stuff. You got to have that little blurb at the end of the issue that says, oh, now go buy issue whatever of some series you don't read just to know what happens next. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of why I got burned out on comic books, because uh, I was just trying to follow all the storylines and <clears throat> it's just too much. Exactly. Yeah, remember they started putting those numbers uh, on the corners. Uh, aside from the issue number, you had to follow this other number. I remember this was Superman. Superman books, yeah. Yeah, we are in the <laughs> We are. A little, a little. So it's still DC. <laughs> so something. Yeah, we, we we get to talk about DC so infrequently, so uh, we're we're taking advantage of it. All right, go ahead, Ken. Sorry, get us back on track. Um, I was just wondering if the Legion of Superheroes is from the 31st century, and Star Trek is the 23rd century, at least Taz. I would mm-hmm. think that technologically speaking, at the very least, if not more ways, that the Star Trek team would be at quite a disadvantage. And I was from the, from these six people, because these six people are the only ones from the future. Well, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So okay, yeah. So the technology and their abilities from the 31st century, I would think, would be so far ahead of where uh, you know Kirk and the team are at. I would think that uh, they would be dominating what's going on. But uh, I especially find it hard to believe there's a there's a scene when Brainiac is trying to figure something out with his uh, temporal doohickey. And Spock hands him his tricorder. And that's supposed to help him to figure out what's what's going on with this piece of equipment. It's like, really? I mean, that tricorder must look like, you know, <laughs> uh, well, uh, a turn-of-century <clears throat> crank phone or something. Well, they do have those rings, Ken. Right. They have the rings. <laughs> well, okay, but... Yeah, I see what you're saying. So, yeah, why did Brainiac need the tricorder? Maybe because the tricorder's from the other universe and he needed something to, you know, that was from one universe and something from the other universe to compare to what's now in this universe. Oh, man. It's kind of like a tri-location thing. You need need three points. Oh, my God. This sounds like a Star Trek episode. When you take an example of something that is true and try to apply it to something that is BS and try to make the BS thing more more logical. Donovan. I don't I don't see where you're missing us out. <laughs> he's he's he, well Donovan is excellent at making things fit. No, I love it. I love yes. it. Yes. <laughs> Continue. Yeah, well, let's, no matter let's how much of a stretch that, it is, <laughs> that Brainiac himself is—I I like is, to—I like to find a... these explanations to things as well. But sometimes I wasn't really thinking about that too much. But Brainiac himself is a very advanced robot. I mean, okay, yeah, is he? He seems to you be. say he's, yeah, maybe well, he's the fifth generation after Brainiac that that we see in like the Superman stories. You know the whole Brainiac. Uh, he's a bad guy, computer. right? Yeah. Okay, so so that's Brainiac one. He's Brainiac five. Who's a good guy? Who's now? A good so guy. at what point did Brainiac right. become a good guy? <laughs> well, it depends on your continuity, Ken. We don't have time to ca- talk about it, but <laughs> originally Brainiac was uh, 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 they were species on another planet, but then over oh, time oh. they changed it so that 
he's now a robot, but then they kind of try to backdoor it that, well, then how do you explain why Brainiac 5 is still is, Brainiac and not a robot? He, isn't it now, hasn't it been retconned now where he was like the AI on Krypton? Uh, I think that was really just the cartoon that did that, the animated okay. series. Right, and Smallville uh, kind of picked it up. Oh, that's it? right. Yeah, they did it too. Yeah. And, and now Supergirl, I think, is kind of running with that. It's kind of become the thing in a sense. I I, I kind of got the vibe that that's what they were kind of hinting at in Man of Steel as well. Um, Interesting. I didn't get that from Man of Steel, but in, in Supergirl, they even go so far to have the second incarnation of Brainiac, which is Indigo, as one of the main villains. Right. That's right. So, yeah, it, it's it's all wishy-washy, wobbly, you know, whatever's <laughs> canon is whatever. Whatever sounds cool at the at the time. Yeah, canon is whatever they say it is that week. You know exactly. So you just gotta go with it. Right. Just go with the story. But I will still try to fit it all together. That's that's what I do. <laughs> that's my thing. That's what I do. That's how I roll. Donovan. I would love to hear how you uh, how you fit some of the the goal key comics. Oh, into the continuity. Uh, yeah, I'd like to hear that. Yeah. I fit that in, Donovan. <laughs> have you read the Have you read the UK comics? The news. The, We're going to get to those. Uh, the, the, the yeah, strips? the uh, comic strip. I've read some of them with Captain Kurt. Yes, and and Bailey. Bailey is in a lot of those. So Bailey, the guy that was in like some of the early episodes, singing in the engineering, he's a mate. No, no, that's right. Oh, Riley. Riley. Sorry, Bailey is Bailey. Bailey is the guy that leaves. On uh, on the uh, Fasarius with uh, with little the little Howard boy, uh, the Corbinite. Oh, oh. <laughs> Corbinite well, Okay, so you're saying that uh, Clint Howard is Bailey? Oh, you mean Baylock? No, Bailey. Is oh, the... Baylosh or Baylock? Baylock. No, no, Baylock is, is the Baylock is the alien. Bailey is the dude that was at, straight, uh, straight at the. He was at uh, the navigator station, and he freaks out oh, at one point. Oh, that He's guy! Like, What's wrong with you guys? Right? Are you wound up toy soldiers? That's right. That Back, dude? yeah. Isn't he the one? Doesn't he end up staying with Baylock at the end? He, he did exactly. He's in yeah. one episode. He's in that one episode. But apparently, uh, in the UK, they watched that one episode, and then they made the comic. So Bailey is in like the first, I want to say, ten or fifteen adventures. What? Chris, that's very easily explained. That all happened before <laughs> the Corbinite maneuver. Yeah, that's exactly where I put it. We're on the same page. Now, why he's called Captain Kurt, that one I can't. That's the one, right. <laughs> all right. Anybody have anything else on these issues? No, except that I'm very much looking forward to finding out what happens in the second half of the story. Oh, there's one one last thing, one last thing to oh, lend uh, more weight to your 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 theory on making this a hybrid. There is a line in this one where Uhura says uh, she references her roommate, her Orion. Oh, that's right. Right. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, just had to throw that out there. Well, you don't know that the original Uhura didn't have an Orion roommate. Well, now she now she did. <laughs> now we know she we This is canon. I don't know how that makes so sense. So in the Kelvin but... universe and the original universe in both cases she had an orion roommate yeah according to this there you go go. small world (laughs) good point 
All right. Anything else? Nada. That's it. Me. All right. Well, then we'll be back next episode. Chris, you think you'll be able to join us, finish this miniseries off? Oh, you couldn't stop me. <laughs> Good. We can stop you. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> all right good good no it's, it's been a good please don't stop no me. we won't it's been good having you on <laughs> and uh start uh start working on your acting chops because we're going to be uh doing some more gold key theater soon and we would like you to be a part of that sure oh awesome that's right work on, work on your accent it... wait wait oh my <laughs> that's it he's Sulu. <laughs> already cast I'll, I'll practice i'll practice okay <laughs> All right, great. All right, well, thank you, everybody, for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week with, um, what's next episode? <laughs> oh, episode 249? Uh, we'll be back next week with 249, That's yeah. Right. Well, thanks for joining right. us, everybody. Thanks, everybody. On the review. Thank you for listening to Star Trek Comic Book Review. All Star Trek stories and characters are copyrighted CBS Studios Incorporated. All music stories and characters discussed are for entertainment purposes only. You can email us at startcomicbookreview at gmail.com. Visit us at our website, www.stcomicbookreview.com. Subscribe to us via iTunes or friend us on Facebook at first name, ST Comic, second name, Book Review. See you next time on Star Trek Comic Book Review. Let's get the hell out of here.